I appreciate it as an art, and I like the stand-up takedown sort of part of jujitsu. But honestly, I really like punching and kicking people too much. Welcome to the Major League Eventing Podcast, the show for eventing fans by eventing fans. Guess what, Rob? What's that, Karen? We have another review, five-star review on Apple iTunes. That is awesome. That is awesome. I saw that, Uh and this is from a dad, so I'm going to read it. Oh, okay. So it's going to be in the male voice. The man voice. The man voice. This is from RC5469. It says, True fans, as a recovering hunter-jumper horse show dad, I'm always looking for a way to quench that horse fever. I found it with this podcast. I know nothing about eventing, but this husband and wife team, that's you and me, Karen. That's us. He's talking about us. (laughs) This husband and wife team explains it all and they make it interesting. You can tell they are true fans of the sport. Isn't that awesome? It sure is. He gets us. He gets us. We are true fans of the sport. And that really means a lot to us. As as um, simple as that comment is, mm-hmm. it really does feel good, Karen, to have someone that, that understands that we are fans and, and that uh, appreciates what we're doing here. Yeah, it means a lot. Trying to break it down. So thank you so much for that. And uh, we just we can't thank you enough for that five-star review. So... Karen, is this awesome or what? It's great. So thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hey, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Red and Goat Equestrian. Yeah, especially me. (laughs) (laughs) How's that thing holding up, keeping nice and warm now? It's getting pretty cold out there. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Love it. Love it. That's awesome. And the waterproofing staying good and everything? Absolutely. Super. super. Yep. And look good, too. And you look good. good. (laughs) Thanks. You're always beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. So what's that promo code, Karen, if people want to save 40 bucks? It is MLE40. MLE40. Yep, save $40. Punch that in at checkout, save 40 bucks, and mm-hmm. you could be one of the cool kids like Karen. Yeah. Awesome. Just like me. <laughs> Just like Karen. Thanks a lot, Red and Goat. Thank you. I'm Karen. And I'm Rob. And I'm super excited, Karen, mm-hmm. because we're having uh, someone who I actually admire a very, 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 very much. It's uh, four-star eventer, Matt Brown. Matt, welcome to yeah, the show. Yeah, welcome. Thank you, guys. I'm really glad that you invited me on. I've been listening to the podcast. You guys have been doing a great job, and I, I really respect and admire what you guys are doing. Oh, uh, thank you. Lot, I, uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself, Karen, mm-hmm. but I respect Matt. Because I saw, we're going to get into this more into the podcast, but when Matt first, Matt and Cecily first came, Mm -hmm. I saw how hard a worker these two were. And I just was really um, very impressed by Matt's. There wasn't a sunset you didn't see out actually at the ring, (laughs) either riding or coaching somebody. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I I remember that. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably still the case today, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah, for the most part. So, (laughs) <laughs> where whereabouts are you now matt where are you in your southern uh location or yeah yep so we just got we're just getting settled down in down in aiken and we're renting a new property this year so we're just trying to get it all, all set up and 
Um, I think it'll be a really great place, but you know, when you move into a new place, you use all sorts of little things that you have to sort of get everything situated the way that you like it, you know? So mm-hmm. that's take, taken a little bit of time, but we are very glad to be out of the mud. Yes. Uh, yeah. I'm so glad to be have some sand and not be dealing with the mud anymore. We are uh, still very much in the mud uh, <laughs> up here. We're in uh, we're like outside of Fair Hill, so right, plenty of mud yeah. still, man. <laughs> if you miss yeah. it, well, there's plenty yeah. for us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Matt, tell us um, your origin story. How did you get your start in riding? Well, uh, my parents joke that horse was my first word. Uh, uh, that's probably not very true. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's all that I ever remember, honestly. Um, my mom uh, trained dogs when I was growing up, and she had a dog trainer friend who also had horses. And the first horse memory I have is is her dog trainer friend sort of taking me you know, sitting me on the horse and leading me around on it. Um, but, but I don't know. I, I just, horses was something that I was supposed to do. I guess I, I've, it's never been a question to me that I would do anything else. Wow. Uh, so, so yeah, it's just kind of been <clears throat> a part of who I am since I was little. I mean, I remember just remembering just what Rob was saying about, <clears throat> having long days. I think I was in, I must've been in elementary school. We were coming home from school, having a ton of homework, crying, just saying, <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't get all this stuff done and, and ride my horse. And my mom said, you don't have to go to the barn today. You you can like, you don't have to ride. I was like, no, I have to ride today. <laughs> have to like, and so it's just always been something that I had to do. Wow. That's awesome. So when when did you start getting like into the competitive side of things? How did how did that kind of was it always were you always competitive or did you um I I have always been very I always was very interested in eventing um and fell in love with the sport since the first time I did it. Um the first horse that I competed was an Appaloosa quarter horse um who you know back in this Back in my age, um, <laughs> there was penalty boxes, right? And so you could fall off outside the penalty box and be fine and just get back on and keep going, right? Mm-hmm. And you could also have, uh, I think you could have two stops basically at every fence as long as you didn't have three stops at one fence and not be eliminated. Wow. So this horse would he'd buck me off all the time and <laughs> he also would stop two times at the first fence two times at the water and but he would never stop three times so i would have like 300 points oh, at the wow. end of the event but i would never be eliminated just like off the just leaderboard enough to be humiliated yeah. but not enough to actually be eliminated from the event yeah, not, not um, enough to just like put you out of your misery right yeah, no. so I I learned a lot from that horse, um, and then my my second horse was I was super lucky in a way because um, he was an Appaloosa thoroughbred, um, and he was a cow horse basically. We bought him when he was six years old. His name was Max, 
I ended up naming him Maximum Speed. Um, <laughs> and my trainer, Andrea Pfeiffer, on the East Coast um, saw a video of the horse, and it basically was his owner, this little girl, out on a, some sort of cross-country field. She basically was holding his neck out of control, and <laughs> Max would see a cross-country jump somewhere in the field and just go and jump it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> And so the horse had heart like I've never experienced before. <laughs> um, but in the dressage was not good. And I was not good at dressage. So um, he basically did extended trot. And that's all he did. He didn't canter on the right lead, wouldn't walk. And he was an Appaloosa. So half the judges, you know, even if they say they're not biased, like right. half the judges yeah. wouldn't even look up when we came in the ring. Oh. Um, now, we bought him, I think, for a couple thousand dollars, and he ended up going advanced, which wow. just was insane. And and it, it was all heart. Like, that horse, he was athletic, but he was not the most athletic horse in the world. So wow. he really I, – I actually ended up – we sold him. Um, I had this – well, I sold him to finance going to the East Coast um, to do a working student thing. But then when I came back – I ended up getting him back in his retirement. Oh, cool. And he he had gone completely blind. Oh, and he lived in a field with two of my baby horses. Um, my mom would come out and sit on him bareback and ride him around the field, even though he was blind. Um, and he was stayed with us until we ended up having to put him down. But wow. he was just like, you know, a storybook kind of horse. Yeah. What a great horse. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. What a story. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. How old how old were you when you took him advanced? Uh let's see. So I went to Young Riders uh, in must have been ninety three. Um graduated high school in ninety four, so it must have been ninety four, ninety five, sometime like okay. that. I now I have to say I didn't complete the advanced. I, I did take him advanced. It was our only advanced. I actually was in first after dressage, which was crazy. Wow. It was the West Coast, so there probably was four people, honestly, in the division. Um, but I think I was tied for first with somebody, somebody who is actually was actually quite good, and I I'm not remembering who it was, but um, and I got two fences away from home on the cross country and then fell. <sighs> and I actually got back on. This was at um, Fresno, what is now Fresno County Horse Park. Okay. used to be called Ramtap. Um, <clears throat> old, you know, uh, California event, great venue. Um, if you like trains and shooting ranges <laughs> next to the... Oh, gosh. Um, but we, we all had to go to it, right? Because there's not that many events on the on the West Coast. Um but so they had a jump called Mount Eccles, and there was a jump at the top of this mound, and then I think it was probably two strides down a hill to something else. And Max, like he liked to do, just left a stride at the, um, or like I like to do, I guess, I don't know which <laughs> one, but left, <clears throat> left a stride out at the mound, and I... Uh, couldn't stay with him and and I fell and I landed on the second jump and he oh, went around oh. it Ooh. went three strides stopped s turned around looked at me <laughs> and 
I don't know why. Maybe because I slammed into the jump. I thought that I had jumped it, so I got back on and finished the course. But of course, I didn't jump. I didn't jump that jump, so I was eliminated. <laughs> and, oh, and it was about that point where Max was starting to get a little bit older, and uh, I was probably pushing his scope anyways. And so mm -hmm. then, you know, we decided to move him on to a, a young rider and for me to go and wow. be working student. So, but just getting to that point with that horse was incredible. I was extremely lucky. Wow. wow. That sounds pretty yeah. awesome. So really you came cool. to the East Coast, and then how, how long were you on the East Coast, uh, you know, working, doing the working student thing? Was that like out of high school, or what? When was uh, that? Yeah, it was. It must have been '95. Uh, I came out and I was a working student for Denny Emerson. Oh wow! At, okay. uh, in their northern, uh, in their Vermont barn. Okay. Um, and that was great. Um, you know, I we didn't. My parents didn't have very much money, and so that's. By selling Max is how I sort of financed being able to go out and do that. Um, and so I took a road trip with my brother. He drove out with me. And then and the experience there with Denny was great. Um, and then when I came back to California, I really was fairly burnt out. And so I actually took, took a year off from horses completely, got a job at a machine shop, um, putting parts in and out of a machine and, you know, pushing the go button, hmm. um, eight hours a day and very quickly realized that a, a normal job was not yeah. something yeah. that I was cut out for. That's like the total um, opposite of. Yeah. No, that, I, I couldn't be inside that many hours working with machines. Um, so I, I, I quickly transitioned to a, a nighttime restaurant job and started, you know, riding horses, uh, during the day and, wow. you know, got back into it that way. Wow. How long, like, when, when did you finally become like a professional and, and make it your full-time career? Uh, I must've kept my restaurant job for at least a few years. Um, I, I don't remember when exactly I started teaching underneath Andrea Pfeiffer at, at Chocolate Horse Farm in California. And then, I went out on my own after meeting Cecily, who's now my wife, Cecily. Um, and God, these are the dates now that I'm going to get in trouble <laughs> for not remembering. <laughs> um, 2003, maybe, uh, is when I went out, out on my own and, and started, you know, East West Training Stables gotcha. with okay. Cecily. Wow. Well, and that's, that's, that's very interesting because, you know, I think a lot of, not many people at the upper levels have, have a pretty, like a long kind of break. And, uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's pretty kind of unique. Mm -hmm. and, but the fact that someone can do it and still get back and still, you know, I think it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty unique. It, awesome. it is interesting. Like, I mean, being, well, I was almost, I was turning 40 when we, um, relocated to the West coast. Um, but you know, back at that, at that time in my life, like after doing Young Riders and after doing the working student thing and being, I mean, I, I don't know if I would say that I was broke. I had some money in the bank, but it wouldn't have been enough money to buy a horse or mm -hmm. do anything like that. I, I had sort of given up on competing. Like uh, I, was, I had the Olympic fever growing up and that had always been my goal. But at a certain point, I think I let, I let people 
and I let myself, I think more than anything, uh, convince me that that wasn't going to happen. Mm. Um, and so I still enjoyed horses. I knew that I wanted to work with horses and that's what I wanted to do for my life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, between coming back from Denny's and going out on my own with Cecily, um, I didn't really compete almost at all. I, I did some dressage and I did a few events here and there, but not much. Wow. I mainly just was starting young horses and working with problem horses. I really enjoy like, you know, solving problems with horses mm-hmm. and really getting into their minds and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it, it wasn't really until I met Cecily where I think she just looked at me one day sort of driving back from a show and asked me like, why aren't you trying like what you, you could be so good. Why aren't, why aren't, why aren't you putting more into this? Um, and you know, that made me sort of, yeah, ask myself why I wasn't, you know, pushing wow. myself the way that I maybe did when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Hmm. How about that? I think that's, that's awesome. I mean, you guys are definitely a team. I mean, there's not, Oh, very much. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, uh, there's no way I would be on the East Coast doing what I'm doing without without Cecily. I mean, she re rekindled, I guess, my Olympic dream. Um, and you know, I think all of those years spent not competing and just restarting horses and working with horses that you know had issues. I I definitely had I had I gone from the working student thing and really made the push at that time to compete, I I wouldn't have been ready. I wouldn't have been ready. I wasn't good enough, number one. Hmm. Um, And just like mentally, emotionally, like I don't think that I would have been able to, you know, do the things that I have been able to do the last few years. Um, And then in 2003, when, when we went out on our own, um, you know, I started to feel like, yeah, maybe, maybe I could do this. Um, and then of course I met Bob and Valerie and, you know, I happened to mention to Valerie one day, you know, I think it was the, well, it was one of the Olympics was happening. And I mentioned I was teaching her a lesson and I just happened to say, you know, I I think I could do that. And, you know, Valerie being the person that she is just said, well, well, why don't we do that? And I was like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> she, she was like, well, how, how much does a, you know, an Olympic horse cost? And I threw out a number cause I, I had no idea. <laughs> um, and, and she was like, well, why don't we, why don't we just do that? Wow. And I was just blown wow. away. Cause I, I, I never imagined that I would have owners, yeah. you know? Wow. Um, so yeah, it, it really has been a, a crazy, amazing, difficult, you know, thing that we've been doing. Yeah. Now, when you, when you went from West to East, um, what, what was, what went into that decision and, and, and how was that transition over? Yeah. Um, so we were, we, our plan was to come out to be a part of the Pan Am selection stuff. Um, I had the BCF horses and I was riding a horse named happenstance and, um, and so I wanted to come out and compete at Fairhill. And then we were sort of on the radar for the Pan Am stuff. And um, 
we did some fundraisers at our business with our business and with with people in California to make the, our first trip. We were gone for a little over a month, which was difficult being away from your business for a month. Right. I mean, by the time I got back, we have great client. We had great clients in California that were very supportive, but I mean, I wasn't there to teach them. Right. It was, so there was difficult for all of them. Um, and the next time that we went back while we were on the East coast, um, the, the owner of the facility that I was leasing decided to, um, uh, develop the property. Oh, mm-hmm. and so I was faced with either having to fly home in the middle of all the Pan Am selection stuff, find a new place to lease for my business, get all my clients moved, and then fly back. And meanwhile, my horses would be on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. I, I just I couldn't even get my mind around how to do it yeah um and after being on the east coast for a bit and seeing what the events are like here and um you know being boyd was so great in letting us sort of use his facility during that time and facilitate you know us being there and i think we just realized that if i honestly was going to do this team thing i don't think it would have been possible for me to continue to be away from my business in California that often mm-hmm. and, and still have a business. Um, so it definitely wasn't a planned thing. I know that a lot of my clients in California that we loved um, and still do had a really hard time because they were really planning on us coming back. And um, so it really wasn't easy. Um, and, and, you know, that was a business that I had been building for, 10, 12 years. Mm-hmm. So to walk away from that, to walk away from that when I had a wife, I have, <laughs> have a wife, we had bought a property in California, we were starting to be settled, you know, mm-hmm. and, and then to move to the East Coast, walk away from my business. When, when I first met Cecily, I was living in a 40 foot trailer. And so we first lived together for a little while, not very long in that trailer. When we moved to the East Coast, I rented a barn right next to Boyd's property, and we were again living in that friggin' trailer. Again. <laughs> I, I remember that trailer. I remember it too. And it wasn't yeah. very well leveled. <laughs> no, it wasn't level, and I had a one working student living in the trailer with us. Uh. Like it, it, it definitely wasn't a step forward in the traditional <laughs> sense. Uh, so when, so when yeah, you, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but when 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 we first met you and you were there was that Mm. during the temporary period or was that where you was that full time when we had met you that was in the trend during the transition yeah we we were first started renting that barn when we were just going to be there for a a month or two okay gotcha and 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 that's when we decided that we were going to have to to stay so yeah that was during the transition okay okay i remember we, we actually went to your farm for a sponsor kind of a oh, right. thing, yeah. but you weren't there. You were in California. It was your sponsor and you weren't there. So we <laughs> yeah. met Cecily. So, so that was, the, so that was exactly the transition. So I had, got, I had to go back to put all of our business stuff, all of, all of our jobs, my tractor, ATVs, I had to go back and sell all of that. Oh, wow. So yeah, that's exactly what I was doing mm. during that, that sponsor thing. Gotcha. Wow. 
So I remember we were, t- we, we had met Cecily and then mm-hmm. Cecily said something about, yeah, that's where we're living. And, and I don't know how it came up, but it came up that it was not, <laughs> that it was, I guess it sunk once it got leveled. And then <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're sleeping with your head lower than your feet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <that's> so funny. <laughs> uh, oh, that's crazy. That's crazy, crazy. So, so, and then that lands you here on the East Coast. And then I guess the rest is kind of history. I mean, you you uh you really got you really got busy out here. I mean you you yeah, got up a client too we quick. Were, we were very ready. You know, I, I I loved our business in California, um but it, I was mainly teaching all day and I had only a little bit of time to spend on my own riding uh every day. And I think that's definitely one of the the most different things. Um in the sport sort of West coast versus East coast that the uh, West coast, the West coast business model is much more based on teaching versus the East coast model is much more based on riding. Um, and so what we're able to do here, and it's partly due to, you know, property costs and expense expenses is we can have a smaller business. So I have more time to focus on myself and my own riding. Cecily has more time to focus on her riding. Um, And we can have a a fewer number of clients. So we can, we can just focus more on ourselves and on on each individual client. Gotcha. And then you, you, Cecily is a dressage rider, right? Was she she also a hunter rider or was she just always a dressage? Okay. Yeah. So she grew up doing hunters, um, and, uh, and then transitioned to to dressage. Um, so she, she just competed in her first CDI last year, which was great. Um, I heard her groom was awesome. Yeah, no, she, she's, that was she's, you. <laughs> uh, honestly, yeah. Honestly, she's a better she's a better rider than I am, to be perfectly honest. But she's not as competitive as I am. So okay. she's she really likes the training process and likes to compete just to test her and her horse and see where wow. they're at. Um, but she but she doesn't love you know the stress of of competing. Yeah. Um, but she the horse that she competes, uh, Ringwood Galaxy, was actually a horse that we purchased for me from Derek DeGrazia as a six-year-old. And he, at one point, at some point, at, right after we bought him, or soon after we bought him, got injured. And she helped with his rehab, and I never got him back. She just <laughs> kept him. And, um, you know, I remember she rode him, actually, in a, a clinic on the West Coast with Leslie Law. And it was in the advanced group. And I had competed Galaxy maybe one star. And... But she had taken over the ride and was doing dressage with him, but a little bit of jumping. So she wanted to ride with Leslie. And so she came to the clinic and there was other advanced riders in the group. And I swear, I mean, she rode all of us under the table. Wow. Like hmm. she she is really good. And so she's my eyes on the ground. She, her attention to detail and her um, level of, um, uh, you know, detail is you know great and i am not a detail-oriented person and so um we we definitely it's a team effort in in everything that i'm doing that's awesome well like like we've karen i've witnessed you guys are definitely 
uh, that's a team. I mean, mm-hmm. that is that there is yeah. no no Matt without Cecily and uh, yeah, vice versa. Exactly. You guys are yeah. wonderful to see you guys support each other the way you do and mm-hmm. work together the way you do. And we were able to, like I kind of mentioned earlier, we were able to see it firsthand. Yeah. Um, and the only reason that was was because our son was riding with Boyd and he didn't have a license. Yeah. So one of yeah. us always had to be with, be with <laughs> right. So I would yeah. just sit around yeah. and watch people ride. And I watched you give so many lessons. Is uh, a lot of yeah. fun. You're, you, you're, I, I highly recommend you for lessons because you're, uh, Oh, that's nice. You're Thank an awesome you. coach for sure. For sure. I'm very Thank impressed. You. So what's the, what's the current business today? You kind of touched on it a little bit. Is it, it's, it's mostly, or do you do like sales and stuff too, as well as training people? Like what's, what, what do you got going on? Uh, we, we do a little bit sales. Um, you know, I think for the most part right now, the business is, um, a little bit less than half my horses so horses that either i i own that i'm developing or i'm being paid to ride and compete and then the other half is uh at at home full-time clients mainly young riders um and then clinics and and we do we do some sales but the sales that i do if I if we purchase a young horse, or if or if somebody purchases a purchases a young horse with us, it's always a horse that has potential for me, um, you know. And so I I, I finally have a, a a a string of horses of different ages that I'm developing that I'm really happy and really comfortable with, um, and and have some really great uh, owners. Um, and and so that's about a little bit less than half and then the young riders in the clinics um you know i try to sell one or two a year but it's hard to sell horses because i like them (laughs) (laughs) but i can't keep all of them (laughs) are are you uh are are you most so my business manager tells me yeah Uh, is is her name Cecily, the business manager? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, are you are the ownerships of the horses? Are you um? Do you do the syndicate model, or are you pretty much one horse, one owner? Yeah, not. I haven't really done syndicates yet. I have a couple of young thoroughbreds that I think are are really good prospects that I would I would like to keep going with that. I will need to either syndicate or sell. Um, So that is something that I'm trying to do Mm -hmm. Um, right now. uh, BCF. So Bob and Valerie fish um, still own uh, several horses for me and will continue to own uh, super socks and BCF Bellicoso and and those horses. Um, And they have also invested in some, some young horses that were in partnership with developing, um, and so I have a few a few different owners that are helping to develop young horses. And then at a certain point, probably around one star, the goal will be at that point to syndicate them. Gotcha. Um, but I'm I will probably have to hire somebody to do that for me, though, because I'm not very good at, you know, salesmanship. Gotcha. Hmm. Well, you know, that that's one thing. I mean, not we, we, we can't all be. Everything. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, right. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's good to recognize if we have something that maybe isn't our thing and then you get the professional and then it gets done right and you yes. try and maximize your, you know, what you can do. So how's yeah, old exactly. uh, Super Socks doing, by the way? 
he's doing great. Uh, he's he's doing full flat work now. Um, he he had a break. He had some bone bruising in his feet, which sort of took us a while to, to figure out, and then took a lot longer to let calm down than uh, I had anticipated. I, I think that it had started to get a little bit better, and I started competing him again, mm-hmm. I think, before he was ready, and so then it, it was another step back. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, he's back to doing full flat work. Super. Knock on wood, everything goes well. I'd be aiming for a fall a fall four star with him or five star, excuse me, um, with him. So, you know, I, I, that horse actually reminds me a lot of the horse Max when I was growing up as far as his heart. Um, and I, I would love to go to another four star or two with him. Um, I, I think that I've always thought, and Derek has told me that he thinks he's a burly horse and boy, that, I mean, that would be, that's just, awesome to mm-hmm. go to Burley. Heck yeah. Yeah, I gotta be honest though, the name Super Socks for a horse was something I was keeping in my back pocket. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, we stole it. <laughs> so, you know. Well, his his name was, when we bought him, his name was Fernhill Floxen. Oh, oh that's, okay. I think I I hopefully didn't piss Carol G off <laughs> uh, when I changed it because once we bought him, we saw that his name used to be Liz Makira Super Socks. Oh, okay. Mm. And I, well, actually, hopefully I didn't piss off Liz Makira, folks. Very <laughs> nice people also. Because I changed it to, to Super Socks VCS. And so, but yeah, once once I found out that his name was Super Socks, I, I, like, how can you not have that as his name? Right. That's what exactly. I'm talking about. Well, you know, I, would, I always kind of wondered, you know, the, 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 I heard you refer to him as Flaxen too. So I kind of mm-hmm. was curious. I just, you know, sometimes you just say, well, barn names and show names are different, but. That's interesting yeah. how you kind of yeah. Burn Hill Flocks. Awesome, awesome. That's super. And is the is the eye on the prize still the five rings or? Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, you know i I've had to change a little bit my focus because you know i I definitely struggled a bit last year when you know BCF Bellicoso had an injury, Flaxen had the injury. Um, the horse Talking Point BCS um, had an injury. And I really, you know, I think that that happened for a lot of different reasons. And, and mostly it's my management issues, I, I think. Um, and just being new to the East Coast and, you know, the ground being very different than what I'm used to. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I had to change sort of how I was managing the horses a bit. Um, but, you know, being an alternate, named as an alternate for the Olympics, uh, for the last Olympics was, you know, in one sense, amazing. And like, you know, one of my highest achievements to date, but also painful. <laughs> and being an alternate for the Pan Ams before that, same experience. Mm-hmm. And then being really close to feeling like I, I could have been really on the radar for the World Equestrian Games and then having Flaxen be injured. Um, but I, I realized at that point, that I had, I had been sort of closing my eyes, putting my head down, and just going Olympics, 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 Olympics. And so, when it felt like it just, I wasn't quite making it, I, I really hit a low point last year and really struggled mentally and mm. had some depression. And I'm not, I never would have considered myself to be like a depressive kind of person. Um, 
but I really had to change how I was approaching, you know, my goals and, you know, um, so I'm not absolutely going to the Olympics as the goal going to the, you know, being at the top of the sport basically is the goal. But I think the way that I'm choosing to focus on it now is more about, uh, you know, what, trying to focus on the things that I control Mm -hmm. um, and just focusing on what I'm doing on a daily basis, focusing on, you know, my attitude and being positive and being positive with my team and um, trying to be a positive influence on the, on the sport and, um, you know, just focusing on that sort of thing and, you know, still pushing myself just as hard. But so on, on the surface, probably actually what I'm, not much of what I'm doing throughout the day has changed, but how I'm thinking about it as like, I've done like a 180. Gotcha. Well, it's like we were talking to Jenny Karras and she was talking about the, the chop wood, carry water. Yeah. Book and, yeah, and, exactly. She was saying like that book was great for her. I read it. I don't know if, I don't know if you heard, like I talked, yeah. we talked to her. Yeah. You recommended it. I boom, got the audio book and, and then I, I, I kind of blasted through it. So then I, I felt, and we were talking to Jenny and Jenny was like, she had it, she took it slow and read it and reread it. And I'm thinking, oh, geez, I, I blew through it, but it's a great book. Right. Hopefully, uh, I, I, you know, from watching you do your lessons and I, I've seen you mentor young riders before. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, so it's, it's shocking to me to be honest, to hear you say that you hit a low and, and, and we're having some depression. Yeah. Cause I, I've seen you as the, the coach, the mentor to other young riders before Jenny told us the story. I've witnessed it with my own yeah. eyes. So, um, I appreciate you bringing that up cause you know, we're, we, we all are human, you know, we're not right. superhuman. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I tell you what, when you have your eye on a prize like that and you move your whole life, it's not, I mean, geez, it's almost to be expected. You, you know, you, you, you put your entire life and you into this goal and to come up mm-hmm. just a shite shade short. And, um, you know, but thanks for sharing that. Cause you know, there's other people out there that have the same thing and it might be getting on the young rider squad or getting on the U 25 right. team or, or, you know, you know, we're all, or just making it through that first novice event that you've been shooting for all year, you know? Right. Yeah. And, uh, uh, it's, it's not an easy thing that we do. You know, it, it's, it's an amazing sport and being able to work with horses every day is amazing. And I think keeping the perspective, you know, is a really important thing. Um, but it, it's, it's not a, it's not an easy discipline. None of us are swimming in money. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. in order to, in order to really make a go of it, you've got to risk it. You know, that, that's, it's just you you have to take risks and when you take risks you're kind of living on the edge and we we have been living on the edge um you know at different times financially and um it's a lot of stress and so you know if you're not able to keep perspective somehow it's very easy to get very easy to get derailed sure. yeah. uh, and you know one of the things from that book that uh really hit home for me and, and really like I really understood was um, when he says uh, do the best you can with what you have, where you are. And I was spending a lot of time thinking about what I didn't have yeah, mm. and, and what I needed to have and why didn't I have these things and was I not good enough and you know, all that kind of stuff rather than just, all right, this is what I have. What can I do with this? Right. What can I do with this instead of, you know, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do this. 
awesome. It's so true. Yeah. So true. Wow. Everything else becomes resentment and everything else and just steamrolls. Yeah. Can't get it yeah, out of your exactly. way. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I think too, a little bit, um, I think you and I maybe have had a conversation in the past about uh, Jocko. I think you, you listen to his podcast. Do you sure. listen to his podcast? Yeah. Yep. I, I read his book, Extreme Ownership. And that's, you know, in, in, from his perspective, it's sort of the same thing. It's really just owning yourself and, and taking responsibility for, you know, everything in your life and not letting the circumstances that you happen to be dropped down in define, you know, what is ultimately going to be your outcome. Absolutely. Yeah. He's who he's that's talk about intense people. Now, he might oh, be yeah. superhuman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> sure. You know, I have the audio book and I just haven't okay. listened to it yet. So I got to definitely get back and revisit that. I, I'm not yeah, a great I did reader. The audio book too. I did the audio book too. You know what I've been doing is on audible, you know, you can speed it up. Yes. And so I've been listening to, I think I've gotten to, maybe one and a half, one and a half times. And at, at first, Cecily got in the car one time when I, when I was listening to, to <laughs> one of these books sped up. And she was like, I can't understand a word that they are saying it's going so fast. And I'm like, really? It just sounds normal to me at this point. But yeah, I mean, you could read a whole book in less than half the time it yeah. would take you for you to actually read it. Oh my gosh, my, my real reading speed, it, it, I... I I'm a terrible reader, so all yeah, of the books I have been great. Totally slow. Yeah, <laughs> it's ter- this is awesome. I feel so. I feel so much better than Matt's a slow reader too, because I. I don't know. I, <laughs> <laughs> that makes me feel better for some reason. Because I assumed you were like a perfect reader too. I don't know, but that's awesome. But I really appreciate that. I really yeah. appreciate that, and I and I appreciate that the 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 Jocko book because I'm going to definitely listen to that again so yeah or get back one and i'm gonna do it on a fast speed i forgot about that so that's good because <laughs> yeah, that's a big book <laughs> and it's kind of a slow reader so. <laughs> all right so rob you have to cue the music cue the music Uh, <laughs> we got. Go ahead. Uh, so, uh, Matt, we're gonna do quick fire questions. Quick fire questions. Okay. It's gonna be five questions. They should be pretty easy. They're tough. I Uh-oh. think she always says they're easy, and then I think the they're always say they're tough. So. Right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is where Karen and I bicker over. <laughs> All right. What is your favorite event to compete at? Oh, it's got to be Rebecca Farms. Nice. Okay. All right. I yeah. think we've had that one yeah. before too. Yeah. It's an awesome event. Cool. We can't yeah. get that. We've never been. All right. If you could ride any horse, who would it be? Oh, it'd be Max. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I, what I would give, because I was horrible when I rode that horse. <sighs> so if if he could go advance with me, horrible me on him, <laughs> like, I mean, maybe I'm only a little bit better than I was then, but I'm 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 at least a little bit better. So I'd like to have the chance to go back and ride him again. That's a, and actually see if I could do something on him. That's a really yeah, good answer. I I like that that's answer. That's a great answer. Yeah, love it. Love it. All right. Do you have any good luck or superstitions before an event? Uh, super socks. Super that's socks. Really, well, okay. No, so I have two. So. I have Superman socks that I wear when I compete. Super socks. <clears throat> okay. Um, 
and they like have holes in them and stuff at this point, but <laughs> I still wear them anyways. And Somebody then, buy Matt some new socks. <laughs> right. Something that I just realized in the last year or two is that I have a superstition that when I get on to ride any phase, I, I do not put my gloves on right away. I wait until I have everything all adjusted. And then when I'm putting my gloves on, I have to put my left glove on first. And wow. I don't know when that started, <laughs> but two years ago, I realized that I was doing it, and and now I, I, I can't put my right glove on first. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I think that's I, – I, uh, I think it makes sense because you're buckling stuff. You does it? Oh, I think it does. I mean the whole left thing first, but I'm kind of uh, – I'm I'm kind of broken a little bit mentally with some OCD stuff. So I can totally Just a get, I can get totally get caught up in that. So right, right. Now I will never put a right glove on first. Gary. I'm broken. Right. <laughs> All right. Favorite type of music? Hmm, that's a, a good one. question. Yeah. Um, I would have to say, uh, like. 90s grunge rock like mm -hmm. Nirvana, nice. uh, Pearl Jam, the Seattle, uh, you know that yeah that that whole scene. Nice, mm -hmm. nice. That's a good. That's a good. Uh, I can, I can, I can, I can jam with you, Matt. We mm -hmm. can do a road trip. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was thinking you were more of a bluegrass guy, but yeah, the 90s. <laughs> Well, you no, I, I will listen to that, but, but I, I think when it comes to favorite, that's what I would I have awesome. to say. That. We know what's on Matt's Pandora selection. Rob's more there of an 80s hair band. Oh, I love the hair bands. Oh, yeah, give me some too. poison or. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. A little rat. Yes, Metallica. we're about the same age. so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last question. Do you have a fitness routine? Um, well, I do. Not that I have been sticking to it, um, but I have been involved in the martial arts since junior high. Um, and so since we left the West Coast, um, my school on the West Coast was great, and I was there once a week. And since leaving the West Coast, I haven't found a new school that I feel I, I drive with. And so I have my own sort of routine that I do um, when I have time. But the last year or two, it has been too few and far between. But yeah, I have a martial arts, um, you know, practice. What, what type of martial arts are you? Are you? Do, do you do? Uh, Kempo karate um, is what I've done for uh, twenty years. Wow! And at a certain point in our martial art, it's Kempo is very sort of hard style self-defense oriented and so at a certain point we're required to take an internal art so i started uh, training in tai chi okay. which which has I, I think the tai chi actually for my riding has been um really important and i'm hoping actually to start a once a week tai chi class here in aiken while while we're down here for the winter because um, just as far as the balancing and the partner work in tai chi it's it's directly relatable to all the writing stuff how about that very cool yeah, yeah. tai chi and kempo karate <laughs> note, note to self i'm not messing with matt anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just saying <laughs> any chance of me coming up and sucker punching matt i'm i'm reconsidering that here <laughs> 
You never know. You, you could get me. <laughs> oh, I would never. I would never. I, I admire you too much. I'm, I'm a very peaceful person. Very peaceful person. You ever think about getting? You ever? What do you think about? I, I'm. I'm. I'm really into like the jujitsu thing now. Are you? You ever think about doing that? I really like jujitsu, and I did go to a, a school, a jujitsu school in Pennsylvania. Um, I. I appreciate it as an art and I like the stand up takedown sort of part of jujitsu. But honestly, I really like punching and kicking people too much. <laughs> because especially after dealing with horse people all day long, yeah. being able to go and, and just try to knock somebody out. Yeah. Feels really good. That bag, it's kind of hard to put the bag in an arm bar, but you can knock, a, <laughs> knock, knock the stuff in. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Oh, that's so that's funny. That's awesome. Awesome, Matt. <laughs> well, that concludes uh, that, that part. The, the quick fire oh, question. Yeah. Hey, you've you, survived. <laughs> you've made it through the great. gauntlet of the quick fire uh, questions. So uh, with that, do you have any advice for young riders trying to make it in this sport? Oh, boy. Um, yeah, you have to work really hard, but just working hard isn't good enough. You have to be smart about what you're doing, and you have to pay attention to – every detail like i told the girls that work for us yesterday being able to put the scissors back where the scissors belong so that the scissors are there when you need them is probably just as much just as important when it comes to trying to get on teams and things like that than you know being a good rider because all of those little details come back to bite you in the butt mm -hmm. and if your horse has a little scratch that you know, swells up at the at the last moment, so you can't go to the big competition, or you don't get your application in on time for the grant or whatever it is. Like you, you have to be able to to focus on all of those kinds of things as well. Good advice. Yeah, very good advice. Very good advice. Love it. I knew, I knew you would have some good words of wisdom there. So, hey, we start to wind <laughs> things down here. So. <laughs> Karen laughs. He, he was laughing. Oh. <laughs> I just have a funny sound. Even when I'm being sincere, I sound like I'm joking. But, but uh, so, hey, so Matt, the, 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 the sponsors, what, um, any sponsors, yeah. supporters you'd like to shout out to? We always like to make sure we recognize those guys. Uh, I have some great sponsors. I mean, Bob and Valerie Fish, I, I wouldn't be where I am without them. Um, and the, uh, Gartenbergs, who own Big Berry, who I'm going to be competing this year, um, have been, you know, ex extremely supportive. And their daughter Alexa has been a great part of our team since we've been on the East Coast. Um, Sunsprite Warmbloods sent me a horse last year that I'm really excited about, um, and I consider it an honor to, you know, be able to ride one of their horses. So I have to thank uh, Pam and Dawn for trusting me and sending me, sending me that horse, um, you know, and, and all my product sponsors, Voltaire and, uh, Malvern Saddlery, um, Tucci. Um, I'm going to forget all of my sponsors right now. <laughs> um, but no, I have, uh, a really great support system and, you know, we wouldn't be where we, where we were without all these people. So that's awesome. Are you definitely there? I mean, mm -hmm. Definitely, nobody can go wrong with backing you or sponsoring you, Matt. Like, like I said, you, you, you and Cecily run a an absolute class operation. That's for sure. So, well, thank you. And do you have any uh, social media or website for our listeners to follow you on? 
Uh, we are on Facebook. Um, I think it's Matt and Cecily. And I think we're on Instagram too, but honestly, I'm not on it very often. <laughs> um, so I don't even know what our handle is or whatever you would call it. Um, our our website is eastwesttrainingstables.com or .net, sorry, .net. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, but everything is on the on the website. The Instagram yeah. is East West Training on Instagram. There you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I'm here for you, so man. You, I got you, your back. Yeah, you, you know better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I got your back. So listen, here's what we need everyone to do. Number one, if you listen to the podcast and you enjoyed this, you send Matt some super, new Superman socks. So he has a whole plethora <laughs> of Superman socks. Uh, and, uh, so Matt, we really appreciate this. Yeah, this is this wonderful. Was great. And we've, uh, uh, you know, when I said I admire you and your work ethic and, and the way you coach, uh, I truly do, uh, mean it, every word of it. And, uh, just, uh, can't, I can't say how much I, I, I admire you and I, and I appreciate what you're doing out there for the sport and for these young people that are coming up. Well, I appreciate it. And I, I, like I said, I think you guys are really enjoy the podcast and I really appreciate you, you, you guys both having me on. Awesome. Thank you very much. And say hey to Cecily for us. Will do. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. You can leave us a review on Apple iTunes or visit us at majorleakeventing.com. Cheers.